Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! day after tomorrow as we record this on a Saturday night um, and we have preseason hockey rolling in on Monday. We are the Uncle Puckers, Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony. Uh, what's up, everybody? Everybody feeling good? Happy? Uh, excited. Really excited. It's getting really, yeah. really real now. It is. Uh, the camps are breaking. There's a lot of news coming out. We got you know the first preseason game coming up. And for the first time, I'm actually nervous because now I'm putting it in perspective. We talked about it before, right? Like We know we got this good team. We know... You know, we're all excited about what they can do. And there's always like, do you still have that little bit of doubt, you know, that we're going to take like that step back? And I don't want to think that way, but um, I start watching some of the other teams. I'm like, this is real competition out there. And it seems like everybody got a little better. So uh, just amped up, ready to go. It's not going to be an easy season. That's for sure. No. You know, um, it's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's one of those, you know, everyone is picking the Devils to have a great year. Um, They should. You know, for all intents sure. and purposes, have a great year. But you know, again, anything can happen, man. I you think know? it's been Everyone's such a long be... off season. Yeah. What'd you say, Dan? I'm sorry. Uh, it's just been such a long off season. Yeah, it's nice, it has. And, it, and it feels like that's really done now. You know, it feels like we're here. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, just everything else. School started. Football started. Mm-hmm. It feels like we've been in the fall forever, but I think it's only been two days. And <laughs> It feels like it's time. Actually, I'm ready for the hockey. Today's the first today. day. No today's the first day of fall. Is today yeah. the first day? That's yeah. right. Yeah. There you go. So, um, you know, a couple of things actually I want to talk about. So we've gotten some, you know, the the lines or at least, you know, how they are right now for the beginning of training camp. And we'll go over that. And I want to talk about something else. So right now they have um, the first line is Nico and he's centering Timo Meyer and Alexander Holtz which is something that Bobby was saying for the longest time that he wants to see is Alex Holtz on that first line. And for a long time, or at least in the top two lines. Right. And for a while, I, I was not. I mean, I don't know about you you guys, but I know I was not. Uh, I didn't think that was a good idea. The more I thought about it, like kind of slept on it last night and really thinking about it, I do think that that's the spot for him. Um, then they had uh, – Let's see. The first line was, or that was one line. Then they had um, Toffoli and Bratt and Hughes, Mercer, Halla, Palat. And the fourth line was Michael McLeod. And he was centering Thomas Nosek and Curtis Lazar. Um, And then the fourth, I guess the defensive pairings were Jonas Siegenthaler with Dougie Hamilton, Luke Hughes playing with John Marino, and Kevin Ball playing with Colin Miller. What do you guys think, quick, you know, just about those lines right now? Of course, they're not going to be set in stone, but for right. the time being this early into training camp, uh, how do you guys feel about mostly just that swap out of Holtz and Mercer on the uh, right side? So what do you guys think of that? I didn't see it coming. I, I mean, I, I was not really – and I know Bobby said it, and it made a certain amount of sense, but I didn't think – You'd see that him in Mercer's spot there. 
the the, the defensive uh, setup makes the most sense. There's like no change there. It'd be just basically swapped out Severson there for uh, for was it Miller? Well, see, yeah, Severson was playing last year on that third pairing with Kevin Ball uh, when Ball was yeah. brought up, and, we and had then Hughes Luke... together with Marino and yeah, Hamilton. And now, now Luke Hughes has taken yeah. uh, Graves' spot. So yeah, basically Miller over Severson and Hughes right. over Graves. Everything else is pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that, it all makes pretty much sense there. I'm kind of surprised to see Lazar. I thought he'd be the odd man out right now, but um. You know that it's still. What does that mean? It's not like a set thing. He may he may still see that. I'm glad to see him, but I just thought we would see it, you know him not make that debut. Both both those dudes on the fourth line, right? Nosik and and Lazar, yeah, really Nosek weren't. Um, maybe more know, so Nosik, yeah. Yeah, and I, I again, the more I thought about it and stuff, I like this setup right now. I like yeah. that fourth line. I know Bastion is, you know, a good player and we all like Bastion, but I think having the Lazar and Nosek on that fourth line will actually probably make it a better fourth line. It makes sense. You went out and got these guys recently. Nosek wasn't even with us. No. And then, you know, Lazar played uh, what, three or four games. Yeah. Uh, maybe a few more, not many between uh, the injury and, and started late. So at least you're going to try those guys out. You went out and got them, you know? Absolutely. Tom, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, like Dan said, I, I figure you got to give him a shot out there, put him on that. I don't see a problem with it. It's still early. I think it'll change a bunch of times, you know, so. But, yeah, I, I could, I'm could. i interested to see what it's like with Lazar on there. Well, the thing I liked, uh, like I said, I kept going back over was the Holtz on that first line. And all the points that you made, Bobby, when we went over our lines and, you know, our projected lines, mm-hmm. and you had him up there. Um, all the points that you made, they do make perfect sense. You know, having him playing with, you know, Nico Heischer, first of all, you know, now you're playing with the captain. Um, you can do your offensive stuff and who better to learn from on this team, how to be responsibly sheltered a little bit from mistakes. Yep. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, nobody is as good defensively and be able to consistently put up points like Nico Heischer. And then, you know, the, what Timo Meyer can do for this team is just, you know, mind boggling. He's going to be so good. And that, you know, his size, his skill, his shot, all those things. Yeah, you're right. It can shelter Holtz and he can, if he makes a couple of mistakes, they have the talent there to bail him out. But more so than that, that I started thinking about it. I like Mercer on that third line more so than Holtz on that first line. And the more I kept thinking about it and I was like, you know, with Palat and Hala and Mercer, that can be a very, very scary line. I I mean, Mercer is just, you know, he's a jack of all trades. You can plug him in anywhere. It doesn't matter. Did they get much time together last year? I mean, because they were all there at the same time. But I'm trying to remember if, if I ever saw that combination. You feel with Lindy, you definitely did. You just might not remember I mean, it. Probably I don't last remember long. it, but I'm sure, but I I'm sure they it. did. Yeah. To that point, as exactly one of the one of the points I made, it wasn't so much about thinking that Mercer is not a top six forward. I just mentioned the other day, right? Reaching out, I say he's going to flirt with forty. Um, it's that what he can bring to that third line and that offensive element on that line just made a lot of sense. Like you said, more than Holtz even being on the first line uh, or second, you know, one A, one B. What I like about the makeup of the Timo Meyer on the other wing is that. Both of those guys right now, that's going down their their natural wing, and both have a shot that favors their off wing. So I could see a lot of set plays 
with some one-timers really going in from those two guys, like regardless right. of the wing they start on. Um, so that fascinates me. And, and we do know that the first and second lines are going to juggle up at any time. And Mercer is going to pop up at any time. If someone's going a little slow, you know you can throw him right in. It's just a total win-win because the bottom line is Mercer on the third line. Right. That, that, that's, that's, that's the X factor. And now, I mean, teams got to defend us. <laughs> I mean, they have to put together a plan and say, uh, who's stopping which line? That's the thing. And that's and incredible. Then- then we also have the projected or how they are being uh, now during the first couple of days of camp are power play units. So power play unit number one. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Is Nico Heischer with Timo Meyer, Jesper Bratt, Jack Hughes, and Dougie Hamilton. That's that was basically badass. when Meyer came in, that was essentially the yep. first uh, unit uh, when he was there. Second power play unit I like a lot is Dawson Mercer. He's been centering with uh, Holtz. To Foley, Palat, and Luke Hughes, quarterback in that second unit. I think that those are two, they could be two deadly power plays. I mean, this is exciting. Yeah, that's exciting and and, uh, different looks, right? Because those those two power play units are going to be maybe not equally effective, but they're going to look a little different with the exception of that point shot coming from either Dougie or Luke. So uh, that is really interesting. And again, we all know that None of this is set in stone. Right. But there is a reason we're seeing it this early. And, you know, you, know, you, you have the finesse and the finish really on the first power play, you know, with Nico and Jack and Jesper being able to, you know, basically move that puck wherever the hell they want. You got Hamilton with that massive shot and Timo, I'm sure his job's just going to be the bumper position in front of the net. But this second power play unit, you have cannons on Toffoli and Holtz. And Hughes, you got three guys that can legitimately score from anywhere in the offensive zone with the one timer. Um, that second unit can be really scary. Uh, this is this is shaping up to be a, a fun training camp. I can't wait till Monday. Yeah, and let's not you know not mention what has been going on all over. And a lot of people are saying it's premature because it's one day or two days. But the reports on Alex Holtz are yeah. incredible. For you know, they told him what you better do. Looks like he did it. Looks like he really listened. Part of that is probably natural maturity as well. You know, you've been to this camp plenty of times. It's time to start moving. But it does look like he paid attention. He got faster. He'll never be the fastest. He's got more compete. Um, this could be it. And like we we still say it's, it could be a make it or break it year, right? It still can be. But well, it looks like he's going to do everything he can to make sure it's a make it year. Wasn't he working out um, with Brat this offseason in yep. Sweden at, at Ikea? They were both <laughs> yes. working there. They put um, the furniture so, together, and they yeah, carry boxes yeah. out to cars. That's a, that's a strong workout. You're that's, not kidding. That's and fine. You get, yeah. All that protein from those Swedish meatballs. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I they said it, he was he was doing a lot of edge work stuff and really working on his skating and stuff. So, I mean, uh, right I now. Power, power play units, though. I mean, you could probably put them against any two teams' top lines and say, no, nah, keep ours. Like, you know, take the yeah. two units from any two teams, like. And we have like two that would be maybe one and two in our conference. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. It's, it's amazing. Tony, yes. anything you want to add? No, I mean I think it's it's kind of early, but I I know I know I've heard Holtz is having a really good uh, preseason so far for being so early. Um, and the power play, I mean, obviously it's got to be better than it was last year, and I think it will be. And I think that what they're showing is pretty exciting out of there. 
But like I said, I what is it? Uh, is it two days in since they've been? Yeah. In, in yeah. So you're right. There's no reason early. to even talk yeah. about it. So yeah, I mean, why why bother talking about training camp? It's only been two days. Yeah, you I'm, know, I'm <laughs> breaking your balls. Tony. You know, um, I, I do. You know, I, I do want to go with this though, Bobby. You got something else? Yeah. That yeah. just to finish up here because the fourth line. You know, I'm also we haven't seen much of Lazar, hmm. so I just started hearing some things today about what he is and how impressed, you know, the team and, and, you know, the personnel around the team are with him. And apparently he's kind of a hitting machine, right? And uh, he just kind of goes after guys. So right. last I week I – would happy to have a guy like that. Yeah. yeah last seriously. last week I read the thing um, from James Nichols, yeah. um, the article. Well, he's he's got a quote here on Twitter that I think is worth mentioning because we mentioned who's on the fourth line right now. And, of course, that doesn't include, you know, Bastion and, and that. But um, he says, now imagine you managed to get around McLeod. Pick your head up and see another one. That's no sick. All the while, you're trying to keep in the back of your mind that Lazar is out there somewhere looking to knock you on your behind. And that just perfectly sums up what that fourth line. I'm if, really starting to love this guy. If that um, fourth line, well, first of all, Curtis Lazar is a great interview. I love it yeah. when they're, they're interviewing him. He's fantastic. Um, but that's the one thing we've all been clamoring for at the end of the last season is that what that's what they need. If they can add that to the game, and it becomes part of how this team plays, that physicality. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. I love the I way that I, was written, though. It made it seem like yeah. a horror movie almost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> the other players, you know, like, oh, my God. No, where's – oh, we forgot about Lazar. And then that's the last thing you say before right. you punch. Well, and uh, hopefully it goes that way. You know, that'd be, that'd be awesome. I, I want to just, you know, throw this out there, see what you guys think. So this franchise has won three Stanley Cups, right? And the first coming in 94, 95, I'm just going to name a lot of the core guys that were on that club, okay? Peluso and Holik, uh, Randy McKay, John McClain, Bobby Carpenter, Zella Pukin, Jim Dowd, Bill Guerin, Claude Lemieux, Sergey Breland, Stefan Riche. Those are our main forwards. Our defensemen uh, were basically uh, Fatisov, Danico, Sean Chambers, Stevens, Niedermeyer, and Danico. All right? Very good team. Then you go to 99-2000, right? Elias, Arnott, Sakura, um, up to that point, our best offensive uh, team that we had and our best offensive line. Sure. Madden uh, was on those teams. Breland again, Pandolfo, Brian Ralston, Gomez, um, uh, Randy McKay, Brad Bombardier, Scott Stevens, mm-hmm. Danico, Niedermeyer, Rafalski, Colin White. Great teams. Great team. Great team. 2002, 2003, still have Eliash. Gomez is there. Jeff Friesen joins the team. Uh, Brian Gianta, Grant Marshall, Mike Rupp, Jamie Langenbrunner, um, Jim McKenzie, uh, you know, Turner Stevenson. Core guys, very good players. And our defense was basically the same as the couple of years before, except uh, Albaline was on that team in 2003. Sure. Now, I'm not saying those were the three best teams ever assembled by the devils on paper but they were by far the three best teams to actually take the ice they won well in performance you can't argue with the results exactly my question is on paper with what we just went over with this 23 24 devils is this team the best team on paper that the devils have ever put on the ice Because I look at these four lines and That's I just see question. production all the way through. And it was, you know, you really can't say that not only for those three Stanley Cup teams, but yeah. you can't say that for most teams in the NHL. I, you know, uh, I, I don't want to. Yes, but I, I, here's the thing. You on told paper. me this is crazy. 
I get the on paper thing, but like, here's the, here's the only reason I'll put the brakes on just saying yes, because I feel like talent for talent. Um, a lot of these guys were going on projections. Uh, if we go on their best years, it's damn close. Right. But you know, a lot of these guys, we're talking about guys who haven't had a year with the devils to really judge by, or some of them, you know, you're with really anybody out there. So, you know, we're talking about Holtz and this and that. Who knows where he goes this year? It's, it's unwritten. He could, yeah. but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I would say that if they conservatively hit the middle of their expectations, the ones we have questions about, not the people who we know are going to produce like Hughes, et cetera. Uh, they're just in the bag already counted, but uh, you know, the, the people who have the question marks, if they just hit, you know, the midpoint of what, you know, not the high, I would still say yes. And it's crazy to say that because we're talking against legends from the past who are uh, incredible. Um, I noticed you did not mention the goalies. because Well, it was Brodeur all those three times around. Yeah. So, you know, I, know. I mean, and that's... Like, so, like, you know, when we talk about the performance of the team, that's going to have something to say about it. So there's a caveat there because I think that answer is clearly in the, you know, camp of the older teams. Absolutely. But, you know, um, so then that has a lot to do with the proof positive, you know, watermark here. Do you win a Stanley Cup? So... So that's another reason if we're going to consider that position at all, we might have to put the brakes on. Otherwise, let's imagine we're during this lineup with them for, to keep apples. Oh, my God. Apples. I'm just saying, yeah, definitely. If we're thinking apples and apples and just take that out of the equation. Yeah. Definitely. Even if they hit the midpoint of their target. And if and they hit the high point, it's not even close. I don't want to just have a, a podcast where we just pump the tires of this team all I around. Know. But I until until things until the season starts and we do have road bumps and everything like we know we're going to, then that's what we're going to do because right now this is exciting and this looks like a fucking team that, I mean, I, I don't know what the, the, the ceiling is, you know? I mean, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. But what do, you, what do you guys think? I mean, is this on paper, you put them next to all those other teams and you look at knowing what you know, is this because I look at this and I say this is the best team the Devils have ever put on the ice? I'm not saying that it's going to end in a Stanley Cup. Uh, anything can happen, but I'm saying talent-wise, I don't think this team has ever had, especially offensive talent like this. Now I think those de- defensive teams of the you know 2095, uh, 2003, I do think that they were better, but it was a different game. You know, I mean, now you're a great defenseman if you you know doesn't matter. You can be a minus 45 as long as you have 80 goals or 80 points. Rather, you're a fantastic defenseman in this league. It's not it wasn't like that back then. You were, you know, great defenseman by shutting people down. Um, but that doesn't happen a whole lot in this league anymore until it's the, until the playoffs. But what do you think, Bobby and Tone? Curious. I think expectation wise. Yeah, but I I mean, until they don't know, it's hard to go against that 95 team and the two that you know, on paper, if they hit their expectations, then yeah, I guess offensively, you really expect some big numbers this year and some guys to have really big years. Till they win, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. Well, I mean, that, that, but we're saying on, on paper, you're on looking paper, at until yeah, they on, win on doesn't paper, really on count. On paper, yes, <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't go with paper. That was then, the so question. Yeah. How about you, Bob? That's my answer. Um, it's tough. It's tougher to answer. Um, I, I think for me, you have to look at each of those championship teams in the you know sandbox that they were in for their style of play, and then look at 
like the quality of the player. I mean, so on paper, I know what you're saying. You look at this team, you look at especially the offensive depth and all that kind of thing, where I have a little bit of pauses when I do think about the defense. And again, your point taken about, you know, what defense doesn't really do now, but what I'm in a microcosm. In the playoffs, I'm sorry, let me, but in the playoffs, you have to, you have to tighten the hell up. You cannot play loosey goosey in the playoffs. You're going to be. Right. And I guess that's my biggest concern because they were such an X factor in our success from the goaltender out. And again, we, you can't put Brodor into our goal. That's not what we have. Right. So, um, I just think it's very hard to say yes until you've done the ultimate, which is again win that championship. But, but offensively, I, I think yeah. this is the best team that they've talent, ever put talent out there. Wise, there's, yeah. there's there's no doubt. I just there's a depth to hockey and winning hockey that comes uh, not strictly from talent, sure, um, but from you know kind of that in fact. But again, and, and until we play that, games, that that's all we have to go on. So that's why you know that's why the question is asked. Yeah, being, yeah, you being know. able to go the distance in the playoffs, like those things are so far away. Right. I, Exactly. I understand that was not the point of the question, but it's totally worth considering because the question does put him up against those Stanley Cup teams. He's, it's kind of hard not to think about the Stanley Cup. But, but you know, paper, yeah, definitely. And then it gets you arguing about the different eras of hockey and and how much have it, has it gone away when we know that in the playoffs everybody's got to tighten up, like you said, and the teams that go to distance seem like they're the ones who bought into defensive strategies at yeah. least many, if not most of the years, it just goes that way at the very end. It's so weird. It's like people who want to win the cup remember the old game. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, you know, that could very well. score as many goals as possible. I'll tell you the one thing that gives me pause with this team, and it is, I'll call it the Connor McDavid slash Edmonton Oilers syndrome. And I, mm-hmm. I worry about that. You know, here's a team that regular season – they will beat the living shit out of you. Best power play to ever put out on the ice. They can right. score at will. And what happens in the playoffs? Everything gets tightened up, and they can't win. Um, right. And that's it's something look that like does last year's series against uh, Carolina, right? Where, and that... you know, you're like, you're not ready for this game, guys. You've been playing a different game all year. That's not the game in the playoffs. That, that that's kind of you're right. What Edmund has been running yeah. into, yeah, right? and that's what worries me. You know, Connor McDavid's now going into his eight, ninth season, I believe, uh, and the guy has not played for a Stanley Cup yet and Crazy. I just you know you it's the goaltending it's the defense I think they made a lot of changes this year I think they're they're really close this year but I worry about that with the Devils that you know they're just a even going out like we talked a little bit in the last time like this is the president's trophy out of reach for them no but you know that doesn't mean shit you, you know it's great for what we do it's great to talk about it but going to the playoffs you know, Boston was the greatest regular season team ever assembled last year. And right, you don't they want to be the team lost. that's built for the President's Trophy, right. not the Stanley Cup. I and do exactly. think that kind of possibility here. I think Fitzgerald's got a really good eye on that, though, and I think that's why he's made some of the moves that he made that maybe you don't think are such, such great moves at the time. You know, like Eric Halla. Maybe Lazar turns out to be exactly what we need. No as sick. much as we want bashing in foot in the lineup, maybe, you know, seven out of ten games they're not going to be because this is what it's going to take to win this year. Yeah, um, I just feel like, yeah, he's got a kind of a better eye on not letting that happen. I was listening to his interview about, you know, filling in the edges, right? Because, like, the core's there, the strength's there. You know, all the offense like we've been talking about, we know what this team is capable of. But it's those edges that are going to kind of keep it together and then bring it to the next level. Right. And uh, it seems like everybody's buying in. I, I've also heard Palat is looking way different than last year, uh, which we need. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I think a lot of that, when you play your whole career for one organization and you win, and then all of a sudden you're in this new team, it's kind of hard for, you know, I think that was a lot of with Palat and then getting injured and you're away from the team for so long. I don't know if he ever, yeah, and I don't know if he ever really felt, uh, you know, a big part of this team last year, um, you know, because of that. But so so that's awesome to hear that he is, uh, you know, and doing as well as he is. wasn't bad in the playoffs last year. He was no, actually he, one no, of he was great in the playoffs. playoffs yeah. He was great in the playoffs. Um, you know, but we need we need him all year, and hopefully he stays healthy because yeah, he, I don't care who you are when you're new to something, to a yeah. team, to a family. It is different, and then especially in something like sports, where you literally get like that a break. Like it's not a metaphorical break; it's a break, and you come back. Now you this is your second year. Things are different. You do feel more comfortable you do feel more like yourself um or whatever it is and and uh i think we're gonna see great things from him and a lot of the guys um that have a full year of the training camp and all that so yeah yeah chris i'm going yeah this is definitely the best team they've ever put down on paper i i think so and i like you mentioned about the edges like this team does look very different um in those in that aspect than it did last year and i i'm so excited because i do think that now we actually have depth we have a little bit of where we feel grit should be with guys like Lazar and, and Meyer and Nosek. Hopefully they yeah, bring it. A huge liability. Right. You know, huge yeah. liability, two of them. Yeah, yeah, seriously. So. You know, and the big question is going to be uh, goaltending. You know, that's going to be it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's got to come up huge this year. If it does, it's hard to see. Uh, it's hard to see us not, you know, playing deep into the playoffs. Yeah. Now, uh, remember we did the uh, top – uh, 10 forwards in the Metropolitan Division uh, the other night. Well, the guy, he re, uh, Gretz wrote um, ranking the top 10 goalies in the Metropolitan Division. So you guys want to go over those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I this. We'll start at number 10 and we'll go up. Okay. All right. Uh, Kochekov from Carolina. I, 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 is it Peter Kochekov? It's P-Y-O-T-R. I mean, I know I yeah, butcher names all the time. Is that Peter, Peter yeah. right? That's close enough to uh, what, the way we say Peter, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Now, he's our third goalie, isn't he? Yeah, I was going to say, like, who uh, – wait a second. For Carolina? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they have they, uh, – well, he writes here. Last year, but – yeah, he writes, Kachekov is the biggest wild card not only in Carolina, but also perhaps the entire division. He probably has the highest upside of any of the three Carolina goalies long term, but the jury is still very much out on him. Uh, but I like him more. I like him a lot more than some of the other backups in the division and at least one starter. And he wrote Columbus. So, so he has a, a, a third goalie as number 10. So, okay. I'll start there. I, I didn't look at I have seen that coming. I figured he was going to talk about. The number ones and twos and the teams that have, you know. Right, I would yeah, too. Just, he he does have one of the, the number ones or number twos for Carolina next. At number nine, he has anti-Ranta. Oh, right, um, yeah. Hopefully he doesn't have all three goaltenders then. I don't know, actually. Let's see. <laughs> He's got to put him there. The way somewhere. he spoke about it, I think he, I think he kind of came to the fact that he didn't. Yeah, it, it, he does. He um, does. <laughs> number, yeah, but number, well, how can you not have Anderson after he had right. the, That's a good the point. job last year if you, if you pick those two guys? Here, number eight, we have Carter Hart. Um, I like Carter Hart. I, I do too. He's a, he's a good goalie. Uh, yeah. no, numbers. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Oh, number seven, he has Freddie Anderson. Okay. Uh, and number six is Vitek Vanacek. 
He writes, the one thing I'm not entirely sold on with the Devils is their goaltending situation. Akira Schmidt had a strong showing last season, but it's still a very small sample size. And I am sure if he is even going to be, and I'm not sure if he's even going to be their starter. Vanacek is a more established starter here. He is another solid, if unspectacular goalie. You could do a lot better. You could do a lot worse. I just do not know if either of these guys are the answer. Oh, the answer? I didn't know that we actually needed an answer to that. Our team's pretty freaking good. That's interesting, though. He's kind of talking him down for the place that occupies, what is that, six or five? Sixth. In the, in the entire conference? Or is this, is this some Metro. Division? No, just the Metro. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, then just that makes the a little bit more sense. Yeah, yeah considering exactly. he has, you know, backups on, like, uh, number five. He has yeah. uh, Verlamov from uh, the Islanders. Okay. Gotcha. So, you know, he's a backup. Uh, this guy, I'd I don't know. At least switch those two so far. I would have switched. Give Vitek a little more credit than, than I'd switch Vitek with this guy, number four, Tristan Jari. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I would not trade Jari for Vanacek. I would definitely keep Pat there. I'll tell you that right now. You guys right, Vanacek yeah, yeah. or Jari? Uh, Vanacek. Vanacek. I'd want to see their stats head to head. Not that it matters. It's kind of a different team, but uh, yeah, my gut definitely says V. I'll even say this one, number three. I don't – Darcy Kemper? Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, and I think his, his – I feel like his best is behind him too. I mean, he's kind of falling off. Okay, well, he writes here, I think I am a bit higher on Kemper than most people. Yeah, I think yeah. so. But I really like him, and I think he bounces back this season after a tough, tough debut year with the Caps. He is not a superstar. He may not steal you many games, but he is not usually going to be the reason you lose games. I don't know. I remember I watching a couple of games that Darcy Kemper was the reason they lost. He makes a good point. He Last year, he was not his year at all, but he came off winning a cup the year before. Mm-hmm. So that's something to not forget. I just we, think that him his description of, of him and V are similar in a way where he's kind of saying that not spectacular, not really not terrible either, but sure. yet they're separated by like three yeah. in the standing. So I'm not sure I agree with that. So you're right. I could see that being flip-flop too. And I would take Vanacek over Kemper. Yeah, yeah, I mean, even if you look at what he did in the cup-winning Colorado team two years ago, they didn't win the cup because of their goaltending. You know, they, they, again, you know, it was was great defense. They did cut him loose after that performance, even though he won a cup. Did they they do, like, they went one and one, didn't they? Like, didn't they they play a game, then the other guy played a game? Like, they went back and forth, right? They start. Kemper, I they, think maybe got a few more. I, yeah. I, I have to look that up. I don't know. They were, but they I, let the, both those guys go. Like, yeah, no, yeah, they that didn't was really weird. see them as special at all. And that was like definitely proof that at least as far as Colorado is concerned, they, they were not essential parts of that cup wing. Cup it wing. was Grubauer, right? He was the Grubauer, the other yeah. one there. I think that they were splitting it up in the first round or two, but then I think Kemper took over. Uh, right, right, like around the finals. I, I mean, I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Yeah, but I'm pretty I, sure. I just remember watching, going, "I've never seen this before." That much movement back yeah. and forth. Yeah. And that team was so freaking good. Oh, God, they yeah. could do that. I mean, that was an amazing team. Yeah. Um, who do you think number two is? On this, probably it's, Sorokin. It's it's got to be Sorokin. It's got to be Tone. Yeah, I would think Sorokin too. It's Sorokin Igor Shesterkin. No way. This guy's yeah, really? He's on. He's on drugs. I I, well, I agree. Actually, I, no, Chris, I I Chris said agreed. it the other day. He was high guy. when he wrote this. I think. I, no, <laughs> I, I I like. I would take Sorokin over Shesterkin. I would. Yeah, um, I forgot. You is that because the Devils have his number, or just in general? I 
think in when it's all said and done, Sorokin will be the better goalie. Right. Um, you, I, could I, be right. you could be right. Could be he's right, a little but bit younger, right? Isn't he a little Yes, bit? he is younger. So, and, you know, like he could be his star is rising still. We haven't seen his best against uh, Sturkin. Maybe he has peaked a little bit and or at least going to not reach new levels. But he's amazing. I yeah, don't know. I got to be is. my number one. Well, he's yeah. going to be wasted down man. on the island. It, it yeah, sucks. I agree. It, it really sucks because he's fantastic. I do uh, – uh, we'll read what he writes about these these two. So on number two, he has Shesterkin. You have to love the Rangers' commitment to always seeing how many shots and chances they can allow and how poorly <laughs> they can play defensively and still win. They it. get a great That's goalie. Great. He's right. They get a great goalie, and they let the goalie do everything. They did it with Henrik Lundqvist. They're doing it again with Shesterkin. <clears throat> Excuse me. Their whole organizational philosophy seems to be our goalie is better than yours, the hell with everything else. And to their credit, their goalies are so great, it usually works. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah, I like the way he wrote it. And it is yeah. true because that whole team, it's just circling goes down, they're done. It's a shame that, you know, they have, we've talked about this in the past, they have relied on and drove into the ground so many goaltenders. I mean, Richter's the only one who ever came out with a cup. Yep. The, the, but they've been like that really since him, where the, the whole they are always lucky to have a great goaltender. Lundqvist, right. um, you know, it, it was amazing, and he never won anything with them. No. And so far, neither has the circuit. Let's hope it stays that way. And then the number one goalie he has is Ila Sorokin from the Islanders. And he writes, not only is Sorokin the best goalie in the Metropolitan Division, I think he's the best goalie in hockey. And I mean that is no disrespect uh, to Igor Shesterkin, Yossi Saros, Connor Hollebach, or Andre Vasilevsky. Sorokin not only should have taken home the Vesna last year, he should have been an MVP finalist for what he did for the Islanders in dragging them to the playoffs. I think he is one of the most impactful players in the sport right now. I can't, can't argue. argue. With that. Cannot no. argue. Nope. I, I, just, I, I think don't you guys, Dan? What do you think? You're a goalie guy, like Van. I, I mean, I, no, he's incredible. Man has to be the best goalie in the NHL, I think. Well, you know, this is this is really interesting. I was thinking about him as Chris mentioned him. Um, Vasilevsky. I, the question is: Is he is he going to be done? Is he is is there are his best days behind him? But don't forget. I mean, sometimes goalies they they can have that last couple of year push in their career. I mean, think about Patrick Waugh, where he was lights out in that series against Bredor and mm-hmm. took home a Stanley Cup and ended it all there. And they peak and, when they know, get older, too, you know? I mean, absolutely. That's what I'm I, saying. So, like, if Vasilevsky can, um, you know, erase the last couple of years where he hasn't had a real chance, or maybe he's had the chance, but hasn't really been able to keep his team, you know, as far as. And really, we're just talking about last year. Yeah, last year. Was his, I uh, think a problem he would very well end up on top this year. I think the problem with Vasilevsky last year was just Tampa just rode him right into the ground. And I think that, you know, when you have a guy that played the goalie, especially that has played in three finals in a row, and then you're riding him like, you know, 60 something starts every, you know, I think it might even been more than that. I think he was like high sixties. You know, when you get to the playoffs, he's, he's shot. I do think if they give Vasilevsky more rest this year, uh, Vasilevsky absolutely can take that team to another Anybody cup know final. I have, and I've watched fifty-seven, and I've watched. It might be done between Brodor and Vasilevsky are the two goalies I've seen live the most because I've seen Brodor a shitload of times live, and Vasilevsky I've seen a shitload of times live too. And I've seen a bunch of other. I mean, Vasilevsky is just you know, and like you were saying with the Tampa uh, thing, twenty-nine. 
they did run the one goal. Like they, they pretty much put it on Vasilevsky. They are a team that doesn't really split it up so much, I guess you would say, it seems. Um, and that guy is just – even last year, I think, like Chris said, I think he did get rode into the ground a little bit. Plus, Tampa just had – they kind of fizzled out a little bit last year, right? It was like they finally came down to earth. And they're having shit. They're having things with Stamkos now too. Where, yeah, they're you know, having they might not resign him. And I, and I love Stephen Stamkos. I think he's even all... younger than I thought, though, Vasilevsky. I mean, I think did you, you cannot have him down low on your list. Twenty nine is what that, a couple. That's what the Google tells how can me he right be here. That young. Uh, it's just amazing. Like I, I figured he was a little older than that, but I you know, he was in he, his thirties. But you no, know, it makes because Bishop was in the cup with him with the Blackhawks, so it makes sense because he was the backup Vasilevsky during that time period. So yeah. it makes sense. Exactly. To it's your just, point, he's Tony, been so if, dominant so long, it feels like a longer career. Sorry, Bob. It, oh, no, it's fine. It, all things being equal, like completely rested, no injuries, that, and I got one game to win. I'll take Vasilevsky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would take Andre Vasilevsky, I think, up in the uh, – he's 29. I would take him – I don't know about now. I don't know about now. I'll be honest with you. I think I would go with Ilo Sorokin. Just seeing what he did, uh, you know, last season, yeah. in the last couple of years, I think he's a phenomenal goalie. And He got um, the Islanders very far. But, but I think know, if you got Vasilevsky in a red, black, black and red jersey, I don't know. Uh, if no, I take win the cup 100. The shot. I, I still can't believe he's just 29 because I'm thinking I'm back to like Brodeur's run in 2012. Yeah, exactly. Look, uh, he mentioned Sorokin, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky, Holubuk. Um, I'll take any one of them over what we have. <laughs> I mean, I think any one of them on the Devils can win a cup. I have no, no doubt. doubt. Um, so I mean, I, I kind of feel like without like we have. We have, uh, you know, Banachek. We kind of know what we have. Uh, we right. don't know what we have with Akira Schmidt. Uh, you know, another two, three years, we might be talking Akira Schmidt in that list. You know, you know? I'm not saying, like, you're being this way, but I think as Devils fans, we have a problem, like, looming over our heads. We kind of have, like, the uh, just about the best of every position, just about out there in the league. We want so the best gotta, in everything. Well, yes. that's, I mean, do you want, and, but think about like what we're saying right now, like our goaltender might be, you know, uh, in the top 10, what a bummer, you know, we want the top one or two and then maybe we'll be happy. Yeah. That's kind of like, you know, being a little spoiled because the devils have made us spoiled. They're, yeah. they're doing so, you know, they have such a great thing going here and not just that we're also in, we've been spoiled goaltender wise as a franchise since, that I think is the key. You know, and we kind yeah, of feel we're like always measuring against right. Bordeaux and, and and that's like a legend that you're just not likely to see very often in a lifetime. So, you know, I, I what I'm trying to say is I think that in the end, yeah, we can win cups with the top ten and eleven goaltenders or whatever the hell it is. That's fine. You know, we we, we don't have to you know have number one or two. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll take them if I can get them. Well, like Chris just said, in four years we could be totally looking like, oh, Schmidt is the man, right? Or we could be yeah. shipping them to San, San Jose for a bag of fucking pucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so, we don't know. We do we not know. know. This year is going to tell a lot, tell everything we need to know about that position. Um, yes. If those two guys stay healthy, we will know at the end of the season, wherever it ends, exactly what we have and whether or not we're going to make changes or we think we should make changes or we're going to stand pat or Schmidt's just going to be the, you know, the number one moving forward. And that's, that's kind of the hope, right? That's what we all want to see. I think we have a lot of, you know, um, you know, we, we, on this show, especially like we really like Akira Schmidt. He's a, uh, he's a fan favorite here. I hope he works out. Yep. So, all right. We're going to give a shout out. 
Yeah, advantage to it too. It can happen. Yes, it can. You know, and I'd be okay with that too. I don't want you. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying he's a bum. He's not. No, it's just that I think between the two of them. Right now, with the unknown quantities, maybe Schmitz is even higher than Vanacek's. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll give a shout-out to our Hockey Podcast Network sponsors and DraftKings, and we will be back in about two minutes. Hey, this is Stanley Cup champion Jim Dowd, and you're listening to Uncle Pucker's New Jersey Devil Podcast. We are back with another week of football, boys and girls. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on all the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers bet just $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's right. You throw $5 down on any of this week's epic matchups and you could walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. Oh, no, they're not. All customers can take advantage of not one but two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftking.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. So get in on it now. DraftKings Sportsbook, code THPN. All right. We are back. Chris, I want to add a shout out I want to give actually out. Yeah, go ahead. So I've been this whole the last couple of days. I'm going again tomorrow. I've been to the IIHF Continental Cup over here in Conus, uh, Lithuania, and our, the Conus team. And we, I know one of the players actually just subscribed to us, and I started listening to us. Um, Kostas Gusovs, his name is. But, what? Uh, how do you say? A, a defenseman, Kostas. Kostas. Kostas, kind of like Costa from the Time right. Diner. Yeah. Um, Kostas Gusovs. Gusov with an AS at the end of it. God bless. Yeah, defenseman. <laughs> uh, but, but I tell you that the, the, yesterday they they beat uh, Croatia. Yeah, I might have too early to speak these words. Eleven to nothing, and uh, wow. they beat Estonia today, nine to four. They've been playing great. Um, and tomorrow they play yeah. Iceland. What did you say the name of the team was? Uh, it's Kona City. So that's what oh, they oh, call it. It's named after yeah. the city. Yeah, yeah. So it's like so the it's Kona, Kona city. city Hockey Team, Hockey Club. Yeah, it's the Kona okay. City they Hockey Club. Um, cool. You know, their logo is like a bull. Like, yeah, I'm sure you guys, like, people can't see it, but it's like a bull here. Oh, yeah. But, uh, that's awesome. So the, yeah, so they, you know, and actually the guy who runs the, the whole league pretty much is uh, for the Lithuania area is actually Zubris. You know, so we all know him from the devil. So Dinah Zubris. He's a yeah. at the games. Yeah, so um, – now, yeah, is, this, City. is this a tournament or is this like their season? Yeah. Okay, so this it's is a, a tournament. Sh- yeah, for the con- for uh, so it's so we tomorrow's we, we play Iceland. Um, and we've been going to all the games. It's been awesome. You know, we've been going to the games for years, and they've just really improved. And um, you know, the, so the this isn't really like a league, right? Like, explain this. We don't really have anything like this. We got you know minor league. We got major league. 
this is kind of like what like the it's international league, but we have team. like so like this this continental cup is like you know you're playing that group of teams like Estonia okay so those are like the all national, the Baltic countries the Baltic and, countries yeah. right but it's, so, it's the national team is what you're yes. saying so it's, our regular season it's not just season, a town it's the whole national team the whole national so yeah our regular cool. season started uh, I got you. so you know we're, we're running through that too but the team is like I said it's been they've been really impressive so I've been at the games and it's been you know it's been a good how time, long does so. the tournament last. I think they have one more week left, and then it goes back into the regular season again. Um, you know, but this I know this team itself, because here's a basketball place. So we're totally a bat. They love basketball. It's the number one sport. And we have a lot of Lithuanian basketball players in the States. You know, I don't follow basketball too much, but I know there's a lot of some of the stars, actually. But hockey's really picking up here, man. And, uh, yeah, the team is doing great. Keep us in the loop on uh, on what's going on with those guys, and we'll be We're rooting for them. For so, Conus City updates, but yeah, yeah, do a Conus City. Did you ever City notice anybody come out of that uh, into the NHL? You think so? You from, think, from, uh, from, yeah, from our town, well, from our area, there's been two: Kasparitis, who defected to oh, Russia right. eventually. Well, you know, he didn't defect to Russia, but he had and he basically he played on the national team. He wasn't yeah. just in the KHL or yeah, something. Yeah, you know, he he's from he's yeah he's, he's a Lithuanian guy and Zubris, uh, obviously, who's like our biggest. You know, I mean, actually, it's funny because whenever someone sees a Devils hat or jersey on me here, that's their their tie with the right. Devil. It's oh, Zubris. Zubris. They ask right. me if I know Zubris. I'm like, oh, of course. He was you know. the first, right? Yeah. Like you said, he was he's the first. first. And, you know, Casparitis, obviously, their other big dude that you know that came out of here. But uh, yeah, it's, sure. it's really cool and exciting around here to see the well, team. Keep us really posted on what they do in the cup in the rest of the season because uh, that's awesome. That is awesome. And uh, to the dude that's checking us out, I guess he understands English, huh? Yes, yes. Oh, that's that helps. <laughs> he had a hell of a game today, man. He was, I was, you know, putting some hits in, so it was nice. Nice. Congrats, Gustus. Cool. So do we have any more, um, like, do we know, I know I checked today and I couldn't find anything as far as, <clears throat> excuse me, where our squads are going and who's going to Philly or home for Philly and going to Montreal, or do we not know yet? I haven't seen anything yet. No? I thought I you would be What do you guys think about this split squad deal? Like, I mean, years ago they didn't do this, but I don't know how long ago they've started. It's been quite a while now. They've been, yeah, they've been doing it a long time. But how do you feel about it? Like, do you think it's it, there's a point to it all, or do you find it kind of pointless? I, I, I feel like the latter, personally. Like, I mean, why do we have to play two games in one night with the split squad? What does it do for us? I'm guessing guess it's just to get all the people, get all the players in on some action and just maybe – First game or two, can, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess – baseball, I, too. Yeah, doesn't it, doesn't it limit though, like your choices? Like, yeah, you can get more bodies in, but can you put together a team that's going to look like the team you want to test out right now? Or is that just then you're leaving the other yeah. one just completely a bunch of guys that you know are not going to play? It's kind of like what we touched on last show, right, Dan? It's like at this stage with this team, I'd be more concerned about kind of fine tuning as much as possible for these six games. And not experimenting because it really only is going to be a couple of spots that people fill into. So I'm with you. Like, I, I don't like it right now, but in years past, I, I understood it just to kind of but get they ever, the reps. For lack of a better term, or like with any coach, I'm trying to remember this happening, send a total scrub squad at, so they could fine tune the, the main team. Like, I don't I'm know. sure I've seen some out. uneven sends before if it happens later in the preseason well right now yeah. right now they have uh the team broken into three groups so it's group a group b group c we can i'll tell you who's in it's not one two me. three that's just, oh, sure, that's yeah. just odd and you we could see is there one i didn't see this so i just pulled this up so i don't know uh maybe there is a squad that is just you know a bunch of 
bunch of slappies. So Group A has Tice Thompson, Michael McLeod, Curtis Lazar, Max Willman, Jesper Bratt, Tyler Toffoli, Philippe Angaris, Jack Hughes, Thomas Nosek. If I fucked up anyone's names, I apologize. Those are our forwards. Our defensemen for Group A (laughs) is true. Brendan Smith, Colin Miller, Luke Hughes, Cal Foote, Michael Yukovich, Yukovic, I don't know. Kevin Ball, Joe Gar- um, Gambardelli, and they have him here. He's skating as a defenseman in Group A, but yet he's skating as a forward in Group B. Now we're just getting silly. And you then guys him play? <laughs> the goal- I've seen him play. He plays in Utica a lot. He's, a, he's one of those yeah. guys. The goaltenders for Group A are Tyler Brennan, who we saw on um, Friday night in the, uh, the, the game against Buffalo, and uh, Vitek Vanacek. Those are our Group A. Group B forwards are Alex Holtz, Nico Heischer, Timo Meyer, Joe Gambardelli, or Gambardella, Justin Dowling, Kyle Criscula, Brian Hallinan, Cam Squires, who's actually injured, I believe. I think he's going to be out for a few weeks. Um, Javier Parant, Ryan Schmeiser, and Jeff Fil- Josh Philman. Those are our Group A, Group B forwards. Our defensemen are John Marino, Simone Nemec. Tyler Weatherspoon, Colin Felix, um, Daniel Missiel, who also I saw in the uh, the cup, uh, the prospect cup. Goaltenders there were Akira Schmid and Isaac Poulter. And Group C forwards are Chris Tierney, Shane Bowers, Andre Palat, Nolan Foot, Eric Halla, Chase Stillman, Cole Brown, Timur Ibragimov, Dawson Mercer, and Graham Clark. Our defensemen for Group C are Dougie Hamilton, Tobias Villain, Robbie Russo, Jonas Siegenthaler, Santeri Hataka, and our goaltenders are Keith Kincaid, Eric Hallgren, and Jeremy Brodeur. Those are the – so Brodeur made it to camp. Yeah, Um, that's good to hear. And I tell you, Graham Clark's been having a really good camp. I I really am interested to see. I know a couple weeks ago I didn't think he would make the starting lineup, but I – you know, it's he's he's a guy that if, if he doesn't make it, man, if I was him, I kind of want to go somewhere. I don't know. It's you know, he's really produced this uh, sure. camp. He's got you an extra logic with, to break. Oh yeah, that's going to be hard. Yeah. What was that? Do you guys see any logic to like the way they set these teams out? Like, is there anything anything good about these groupings versus any other scrambling you could do based on position? I didn't see a pattern or anything that that right. I could understand. I was, I was wondering right. if I was, I was missing something. Like, there's a pattern. There is a pattern. the The pattern that I ju- I could pick out in all the groups yeah. have um, one of our forward lines together. So Group A has Jesper Bratt, movie. Jack Hughes, and um, Toffoli? Tyler Toffoli. Yeah. Okay, so we and they're playing to see the group, forward lines playing together. Group, as group one B, team. yeah, has Holtz and Heischer and Meyer on there, and Group C has Palat and Halla and Dawson Mercer. Okay. How about the defensive pairings? Are they doing that, keeping them together? Some that I have noticed that either. Well, it was uh, Dougie Hamilton was playing with Jonas Siegenthaler there okay, in Group so, C, so and John Marino. Oh, they kept but, their partners together. No, no, because no, Group B has okay. doesn't uh, has John Marino, but doesn't have. Luke Hughes. Luke Hughes, they have up in the Group A, where he's on with Colin Miller, Brendan Smith, uh, Cal Foote, Kevin Ball. So that would be probably Ball 
Yeah, I don't know why Hughes should be Luke Hughes should be in Group B if if it works out that way. Seems like it breaks the pattern, kind of. It does. Call them and let them know mm. what's going on over there. Yeah, because Ball and Miller are playing in Group A, and um, what's we call Hamilton and Siegenthal are playing in Group C, and then John Marino's by himself in Group B. So I, th- I mean, I see that, and then I see a bunch of slappies around them. You know, there are other starters and some great players around them, but for the most part. They have uh, those forward lines set, and then they have a bunch of guys around them. Right. So I'm guessing that, you know, they'll probably split Group B into the A and C, and then that'll be their split squad somehow. So I would assume that you would see um, one of the games, um, you would see uh, the the Brat to Foley-Hughes line as the number one line, and the other one you would see, you know, Heischer – and uh, Holtz and Meyer as the number one line. But I, I don't know why they do the split squads. I don't know if it's just, just play another preseason game if you really need like, to see everybody. Yeah. It is like uh, when the WWF would come to your town yeah. and you would see a couple of the guys that you're excited about yeah. and a whole lot of people who were like, I don't I don't even know what. Like, this Saturday is not what I watch on right? Saturdays. Right. Saturday or, yeah, morning like, was a bunch right. of bullshit fights except That's for like, one at the That's end that led point. to nothing yeah. until like your pay-per-view. Yeah. Well, yeah, that was it. Nowadays, it's uh, completely different. But back when we were kids, absolutely. It was, you know, Randy Macho Man Savage versus the Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, you know, you had just jobbers fight. And then you'd have, like, maybe, you know, they'd throw, like, a Hulk Hogan in against, like, a kind of known bad guy. But he'd get his ass kicked. But it all set up the pay-per-views. At least now yeah. you get, you know, everybody's basically a star. Speaking so. of pay-per-view, did you guys – I don't know about last show because I didn't actually listen, but did you guys uh, did you guys talk about the Babcock uh, firing? Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. We talked Big about it. Big surprise, but please, no? Did, no, I mean – Did they have it, a choice tone? That's what we know, came and down you know to. What? Like, There's so many stories choice, coming out now. Like now everyone's – you know, the cockroaches are crawling out. They're like, yeah, this guy's a total cocksucker, which we all knew. But, uh, you know, it's nice. I, got, I, was, I bet you that every Columbus Blue Jacket player has taken a deep breath and is like, ah – Thank you. At least it's, because, at least it's uh, over too. Like even if yeah. you were a Babcock guy and you wanted to be backing him up, and it's at least it's over now, and you don't have to have reporters asking you about it every week. Right. I mean, I feel like they had to do it just to get it done. I'm not a huge. Press conference was lame though. The press conference was like, yeah, they're just like, we made a mistake. You know? Well, I mean, I mean what else yeah. were they going to say? They're trying to save their jobs, so they're you basically hire that guy though. I mean, I don't understand. You know, I, I really don't like. I know that I don't know everything. I'm not these guys. They they're the decision makers. They're the guys with the checkbooks. I mean, he's been a big name for years. You know, that's definitely a part of it. He's a big name. You you look at his reputation. You look at his success. The guy was a winner. Um, you also, I think most people I did, I know like the national hockey media did, and definitely the Columbus Blue Jackets did. They bought the cool, they drank the Kool-Aid, all the shit that he was saying, he's changed. He knows better now. He was even going into specifics of things that he used to do that he would never do again. And then I'm not, uh, you know, I know, I know, right. I know everybody's (laughs) coming out of the woodwork now. And so that I don't agree with. Like weird stuff that I didn't even think he was going to do. He's never going to waterboard our players. I don't get it. I'll tell you. I stirred my coffee with his dick. That seems inappropriate. You're not going to do that. Mike Madonna. Mike Madonna has to be very happy because Mike Madonna played 1,499 games. Yeah, I know. Because of that. And that's because Mike Babcock. Yeah, he benched him to fucking in the middle of a streak. I mean, look, the guy, I mean, I'm also, like I said, I'm not a huge fan of everyone coming out and piling on. Now the man will never coach in the NHL. No, again. That's enough. 
Isn't that enough? Just little, just fucking. I think that you're feeding this guy's fucking ego like or whatever feathered, else. Though, you know, like you, you know, know who this hurts. Feather, people that's not a terrible idea. Dan. Yeah, yeah but then then idea. he has to coach with the tar and feathers, and then but this hurts. Can make him like, like a mascot. ECHL be better this hurts than guys Stinger. like Quinville who are trying to get back in the league. This is who this hurts. This is going to hurt those guys at the end of the day. Because well, does Quinville have problems in his past of players? Yeah, well, yeah. he has problems with the whole Chicago. You know, the video guy oh. was like, I guess, sexually harassing players or molesting. I mean, it's crazy. And he well, and and he knew about it. And we're at least that's, we know about it. And uh, that's where he, he resigned in disgrace, and then they basically uh, oh, reprimanded him. I kind of him. forgot about that chapter. Yeah. Whenever I think of Quinville, I think about the St. Louis Blues. That's it. You know, I see him with the Blues. That's who I think in my mind, you know? Well, Even he, you know, Babcock. I see him, you know, he's an, a duck, you know, in my head. Like, you know, just all it's his time. Though, he's gonna get paid he again. looks like a duck, and he walks he's, like a duck. Babcock's gonna get paid again. He got fired out of Toronto and got paid. I mean, the guys. Oh, he's I mean, a fucking he's genius, right? Good re- <laughs> plan. I would yeah. love that. And he doesn't have to work. He just like he comes, he shows up. He you know, but doesn't even put stuff in his locker. He knows it's coming. He just gets a bag of, put the money in here. I'm gone. I, I just you know this whole thing of like. I just don't get where he thought this was a good fucking idea. <laughs> any of this. Um, yeah. You know, I I don't know if this I don't know if I agree, Tony. A hundred percent. You mean like the allegations? No, you mean, like, you like the hiring. The hiring. Yeah. Um. You know, but like I don't know if every player is taking a sigh, a big deep breath, because the rumors that were coming out, or at least the the, the news that was coming out, was that Boom Jenner and Johnny Gaudreau were backing him. They were. You know, whether or not they're just saying what they have to say to support their coach, that could very well be it. But I don't know. Does it or does it maybe cause a bit of a rift between the what older guys was, and the okay. younger guys? So I heard this was very plant. Like what's what Babcock did was kind of uh, so say you have so say you have a team, you go into a team, you have your four main dudes, right? You bring them over, you wine and dine them. You ask them to see your family photos. You say, hey, man, let me get to sure. know your family. But when he goes to the other guys, it's totally different. So he kind of set the plate. So he has some backing. He has guys who are like, yeah, he just asked me to see what my kids grow up like. But some of the other dudes were getting a whole different spiel. I heard like, you know, like, let me let me see your phone. Let's dig into it. I think they were like talking about air dropping the, the pictures onto like something. I mean, it was a little I don't know. Do you want if I walked into your guy's house and said, let me see your phone. Would you want even though there's nothing on it? I mean, you don't want to give it. Well, no, I mean, we we, we just got you might have germs. Yeah, yeah you, you know. don't got to worry about COVID and all this other shit. It's just too to much of a headache. And I just mean specifically, Tony. Right. I, I mean, mean like, it's Bob he's probably fine. Yeah, but as far as um, and don't worry, Tony, I won't show anybody the pictures. Um, <laughs> you know, with the the whole thing, like I I don't know what to necessarily believe. I think what he did was, it, you know, no matter how he, I still don't brought it up. This. Yeah, I like I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna wait, and hopefully we will see the report that the NHLPA did. Um, no, I'm okay if I never know. Yeah, but exactly. I, but it, you know, I before I go, that's a sick man. I don't even understand what I, what I'd be saying. I don't understand what he did. I literally, it's not like, I mean, it's not like I can't believe it. I don't mean that. I mean, I literally don't understand this. <laughs> it's like I've, I've heard about all kinds of weird stories where somebody gets some kind of gratification from kinky shit. This doesn't even make sense on any level. I don't think that it's that. I think like there's a piece missing here. He might have done a well, lot of other could stuff. It I come, have no or could it just come it. down to this like, you know, we talked about it, the snowflake generation and these millennials just could, not knowing how to fucking deal with That's this. I'm very and, suspicious with all of this. I almost feel like this is some weird 
like half a story put out there by somebody who like I don't even understand it. Like I, I don't know if it's true. It just seems I you know as long as it's not Lindy Ruff sending cross shots to anybody, I'm cool. As long as well, actually, you know, well, I have screwed those on my phone. If you want the, to see the last show that we discussed was you know a big part of it was just when you have a guy the age of Lindy Ruff who should pretty much be out of touch with all these young guys, like just how amazing of a job he did. You think or he is can't get doing. it up anymore? Is that what um, you're trying to say? Who Lindy? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he he's not a creep. Oh, how do you up. know? Okay. Oh, I Welcome know. to Saturday night. Chris is going to do a Viagra you know. for him next week. <laughs> the little Lindy, blue pill. Are you such a good coach because you're well past their age of sexual interest, sir? This is that it? You just don't time. find these boys show. attractive anymore? You know, um, I used to. Back when I was in my- <laughs> when I was with Buffalo, let me tell you. Hashtag the, hashtag the show Lindy Ruff's erection. <laughs> nice. You know, I just uh, I think I look I try and look at all this to, like with the Babcock stuff in a, the lens of a devil fan. And you know what? This is a team in our division that's going through fucking turmoil. So I'm all for it. I don't give a yeah. shit. I don't give a shit. He'll never coach again. I wonder what the Brews crew is <laughs> saying now about this. I, I, I haven't listened out. to them, but I, I mean, I, I know they were very excited about having Babcock, but they're also considerably younger. I don't know if they were aware of the baggage that came with this dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to try to get a record. I can hear those cans of beers getting open now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I think he probably has a couple with Babcock in the Union uh, soldier outfit that he's got. A, oh, shit. What do I do with these now? You put a little picture uh, of Boom oh, Jenner yeah. over his face. You know exactly what you do with those. <laughs> I'm now telling the computer exactly what he can do with a lifetime supply of chocolate. <laughs> well, does anybody have anything else? I know Dan's got a boogie. and I got, um, I got one thing I need help please. with. Yeah. So somebody of put erections. out on Twitter. <laughs> this is I not going to help. see your phones, guys. The, the tears of fan delusion. I don't know. Tears it's from KD's first burner, and then it's a bunch of dots. I don't know who it is. I only saw it because the Orange and Back Check podcast um, retweeted it with the caption, wait, when did the devils get fans? But anyway, it's got these That's tears. Funny. Tears these of guys, fan and they're delusion. Fly, they're a flyer podcast, right? right. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Well, they yeah. don't have much to talk about right now. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to understand the mindset of what this list even means. Just rebuilding. So I'll just tell you, in the delusional fan category, tier one is Vegas, who just won a cup. Does he constitute? Does he tell you what constitutes these tiers? No, this is why I'm oh. asking you guys. Real quick, oh. what do you think it is? Just bullshit? Just ignorance? I don't know. So it's, it's Vegas, Toronto, it's Montreal, Calgary, it's and Ottawa. That on teams that, uh, you know, whose fan base, uh, they think they're going to win and no way they're going to win. And so, right. like, that, who would know that better? That's than the it? implied. Yeah, right. Well, who, who was the team before Ottawa? Calgary. Mm. Okay. Now, Tier 2, not as bad, I guess, is spearheaded by the New Jersey Devils. So, apparently, we're on the top six of delusional fan bases. So, I ask you, yeah. is this guy just talking shit or well, does he honestly think that for, we are delusional before, for thinking we have a successful team before i can make a judgment where does he have the flyer fans the flyers are just three passes it goes devils vancouver colorado and the flyers you know i but mean this is have... not a flyer podcast post this was some other dude okay i don't okay. know as a least it was the flyers podcast that Made the devil's comment. I, I just, the Flyers only have one concern: is is it going to be them or Phoenix who are drafting first next year? So I think it could very well be the Anaheim Ducks. 
Ooh. I really do. I see. Hey, yeah, yeah. I think next show we got to talk about Zegers, right? I do think that. Uh, well, yeah, they need to pay that dude. But um, I do think that Arizona is not going to be anywhere near the bottom of the barrel this year. I'm not saying they're going to make a playoff push, but I'm telling you they are going to be very surprising this year, and they're going to be a lot better. I see the worst teams in the league. Top four, I would say Anaheim, Philadelphia, Montreal. Hmm, I got to think about Columbus. that fourth one. I need somebody in the West there, I too. think they're going to be all right, too. San Jose. Those are my four. Yeah, San Jose. Oh, I forgot about San Jose. Yeah, those are my four that I think are going to be bottom of the barrel. Um, so, I mean, delusions? I, I mean, it's kind of like, do I think Montreal fans are delusional? Yes, they are. Um, sure. But it's also like I don't hear Montreal fans, not that I see a lot of them, but it's not like I hear them right now talking about making the playoffs or anything. They kind of know that they are not going to make the playoffs. Ottawa fans are excited at the possibility of making the playoffs, and they very well could. They have a very good team. Um, who's in the bottom tier with the, no the expectations? Very, the very bottom tier is Columbus, Washington, Panthers, San Jose, and the Coyotes. I don't. I, I, I wish don't that like, he was able to put some type of reasoning around. Some context. Where, I don't understand. Yeah. Vegas in the, Vegas in the top make any ten. Sense. Why Vegas, would you put Vegas? They, they in the top cup. ten. You got Vegas who won good. the cup. Right. Toronto who is a favorite. You've got the Devils who are now a favorite. You got right. the Avalanche who are favorite. I could almost agree because they're cursed. Rangers who are cursed. still good. And let's see. You got the Kings in there too. And the they're Bruins. Good. And they're both good. You know, yeah. they're both probably playoff teams. They're certainly I mean, not the delusional. No. Delusional should be definitely down no. lower. Delusional tiers. would have been the two years ago us saying the best way to win a Stanley Cup is running seven goalies. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's the way to do it. That's fucking delusional. We got we got the league just where he wanted. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, that's fucking delusion. But to say that the Devils are in a position to compete for a Stanley Cup this year, I don't find that to be at all delusional. I think it's yeah. extremely realistic. And I think that this team, look, I I I I could be just it could be a hot take, reckless speculation, whatever. But you know, we keep hearing it. We hear it on this show. We hear it in the national. The Devils aren't going to be able to sneak up on anybody this year. You want to know something? There's enough changes on this team that there's going to be a very different team from where they were last year. I think they can sneak up on people again because now it's like, fuck, you got to deal with their speed, which you did last year. You have to deal with their skill, which you did last year. You have to deal with the fact they can score wherever, like last year. Now they can fucking hit. Now they got some grit, and they're pretty tough. And maybe we can't take liberties on Nico Heischer anymore, Matt Kachuk. That's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, Yeah, that's going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, So, I mean, this team could be considerably better than the 112-point season last year, 111 points, whatever it was. No, I get the idea, too, that until they do it, you you know, you always feel that, like, okay, you got to temper your – your uh, optimism there a little bit and say, okay, I'm not going to give them a crown right now, but that's true of any team. You know, you, you play the games for a reason. So, you know, to be fair, why could you be called delusional for saying this is a strong Stanley cup contender right now before the first games played? I mean, and Bobby said one sense. thing too, that made sense to well, well, sums it up. A lot of it is, we don't, we don't know who his yeah. allegiance is only one. Right. Uh, you don't know where, yeah, you're right. Tone. Right. Yeah. Who, who's a big deal. Crazy. 
And that's just, you know what that is? That's, that's three weeks until hockey starts. Everybody's just fucking ready to go and making up clickbait shit just to get people on. Actually, we're going to title this podcast. uh, Oh man, I can't even think of anything fucking clever uh, to say. That would just be clickbait. Bobby Um, was right. The yeah. whole time. There you go. Top tier delusions. <laughs> Blue pill. Uh, oh. And he's delusional. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we got what? The 12th of October is day one, game one of 82, man. That's going to just. Uh, and look, do we fire Lindy if we lose against the Detroit Red Wings after game one? I mean, do the fans call for it? That's the question. Idiots will be chanting it. Yeah. That was the might. most embarrassing thing of last year to Disgusting. me. Yeah, that was extremely embarrassing that our fans fucking did that. And you did it, Bobby. The fuck I Bobby, did. I don't I buy that. Off. Shit I told you that. I don't he buy it. He led the whole chant. Actually, you Bobby was it. ground zero. He started that chant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like I got my seats in the lower bowl. <laughs> Bobby had opening night handing out stickers, everyone. Be ready. There you go. <laughs> he just got a jersey. Find the, the, back of his find the pucker. You'll get a free sticker. <laughs> the pucker, fire Lindy on the back of his jersey. Exactly. But all right, I think on that note, we're going to wrap it up for the evening Um, to our listeners, wherever you are listening to us, please uh, positive review, thumbs up, like um, five star rating goes a long way comments. We uh, we would like those and we want to start when the season starts to get our, you know, uh, little fan feedback section of the show together. So please, anything that you any questions about this team, any thoughts about this team, throw them, DM us, unclepuckers at gmail.com. We will check them out. We'll read them on the air. As you can tell, uh, we don't get any because, you know, not enough people listen to us. So No, we should do, Chris. I know Dan's going to get here. Mail each other? We should should email each other. Fake little letters. No, we should... uh, we should give out like when we get we get some stickers. We should put like four to the side. Someone wants them, we should send them to them. You know, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I know there's some people that that do listen all the time and uh, you know say some great things online to us. Like you know, you guys suck. No, no which but, is uh, true. Yeah, which good is good compliment. But yeah, I think that would be kind of cool parents to local listen. suckers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so. I agree. We do have some merch right, in the works. Yeah, we do have some merch in the works. We have some uh, live streaming stuff that's going to be going on in the future. So just stay tuned for all that and, uh, you know, ways to just kind of get our audience and our listeners more involved with us. So um, on that note, for Tony, Bob, and Dan, I'm Chris. We're the Uncle Puckers. See you when we see you. Check us out. Look at that, Dan. Yeah, I checked it this time. That's fucking money. After working, check it. Keep it working. It's over, Johnny. It almost worked. (laughs) Mostly worked. Mostly worked. All right.